Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to episode 27 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel, the host of the show. And I had originally planned on coming and talking about how to release a pattern, how to launch a product. Um, However, yesterday, the world as we know it shut down. Facebook and Instagram were down for hours. And I actually had someone reach out. It's Craft Towards Joy. And she DM'd me and said, you know, something that I was thinking about yesterday while Facebook and Instagram were down is that there's a lot of small businesses that rely on social media as their main source of traffic. So what do we do? You know, how do we come back from this and think about marketing our products, growing our business, not just on social media platforms? And I knew that I wanted to talk about this because it is, I felt that yesterday. It, I thought long, hard and deep about it. I reached out to other friends, you know, are you experiencing this too? Is it down for you too? And hearing the emotions as a business owner that went through our minds as this happened. So I want to talk about that today when social media shuts down. And if it doesn't shut down, how how can we have success without relying on these platforms that feels very vulnerable, especially right now with that shutdown? Uh, before that, I want to read the review for this week. It comes from Kelly Fox Handmade. Kelly says, love this podcast. I look forward to listening to Elizabeth each week for great business advice and to keep me inspired. Her approach is to make the process of starting a business not only possible, but much less scary than it seems. Elizabeth offers clear steps, tools, and resources that are incredibly helpful. My goal is to have a viable craft business. However, I have another career in the business world, which occupies most of my focus. It would be easy to give up on my dream. However, listening to Elizabeth has helped me inch along without feeling defeated. I implement small steps each week, and I am starting to experience success. So this is so exciting for me because... I love this consistency that I see here. It's saying that Kelly's inching along and that she's not feeling defeated and that she's experiencing success. And that is what it takes. So I absolutely love this. I feel deeply honored that I'm part of Kelly's inspiration and motivation to keep going with her crafty career. And I hope that for any of you out there listening who might relate to that, that you'll feel the same. You can feel encouraged to keep going with your dream, even though it might just be easier to say, oh, no, let's just give up on that. But to keep inching along, putting in a little bit, being consistent, and you will start to see success. So thank you for that, Kelly Fox Handmade. And now I want to start chatting about social media. Let's just, for one, talk about what happened yesterday. You know, going on to post, all of a sudden, wait, this isn't refreshing. Give it a minute. No, it'll start working. It didn't. Then I start reaching out to friends. Are you experiencing this too? Then Googling what's going on and then watching the 60 minutes with all of the 
news coming out about Facebook. And it just, it's kind of a vulnerable time as a business owner to feel like, oh my goodness, this is what I use to reach my people and it's gone. And we've all seen, you know, why, why people use social media. Obviously there's exposure there. It's growth. It's, it's a free platform for us to use, you know, when it's free though, that we're the consumer, but it's, it's free to post. It's free to, it's a free platform to use. And we see a lot of people out there growing and sharing about their success and that it's come from these platforms. And so we want to do the same thing. And if I share my story, it really does hugely depend on Instagram. So when I first started, you know, it was a subscription box and my business partner and I, we would send out samples to I guess you'd call them influencers, uh, people who had a large following and asked if they would post about the box and they did. And then people started following us and then we would have guests in the box who would say, oh, I'm featured in this box. And again, people would come and follow us. And so the growth of my business is through Instagram. However, at this point, my email list is the same size as my following on Instagram, which again is correlated. I couldn't have grown that email list without the help of Instagram. I mean, I could have, but that's how I grew it. There are other ways, which I'll talk about. But now, I mean, honestly, yesterday when it all shut down, I told my husband, I would love it if it shut down permanently. I really would because my email list, I've got that. And it's, it's more successful when I send out an email versus when I post on social media, my email list has better results. I sell better. I have responses. I have relationships with those people. Um, do people unsubscribe every time I send an email? Yes. People unsubscribe from my email list. Uh, but that's why I keep trying to focus on that and grow that email list. But um, the email list is more successful for me at this point. And so for me, and I realized that that, you know, other people would be like, well, I'm not there, but let's talk about how we can get there. What are some ways that we can own our audience that you can grow that email list where heaven forbid your social media account gets hacked? Because let's be honest, that's probably a fear we all have you can still contact those people who are there for you, who are your fans, who are your followers, that you can not put all of your eggs in one basket. And we also, you know, you can spend a lot of time and energy on social media, planning it out, posting. It just honestly, yesterday was so nice. Like I can't, I mean, there was this bit like, well, when's it going to come back? And I didn't know it'd be nice if I knew all day, it's just going to be gone all day. I could just, okay, great. Let's just do something else. Let's focus on other things. Um, but we can spend a lot of time on social media and we don't own that site. You know, like I said, it can kick you out. It can get hacked. And we also, I think, well, I don't think we do get distracted by these influencers. So we, as business owners, let's remember that we are focusing on our profitability, not our popularity. We are not here to just have all the followers and get the likes and the comments. And Instagram and Facebook are designed for that. It's a distraction. It really is. It, it tells you, 
these are the things that matter. What really matters is the followers that you have. And so we put our energy into growing those followers where let's just be clear as a business owner, I mean, maybe that's what you're out for. And if that's what your goal is, then focus on that. But as a business owner, it's about profitability. It's about earning an income and supporting your family and your life. And how many followers you have does not feed the family. It's not what puts food on the table. And so if we can start to think more as entrepreneurs and not influencers and start thinking about marketing, not being afraid to sell, thinking how to grow your email list, then we can really benefit from social media in a strategic way as a piece of the puzzle, not everything. Um, now, I'm assuming at this point, uh, talking about how to move forward, things I'm assuming is that you have a product that you are selling, that you've got a very clear offer, you've got a niche thing, hopefully you're selling just one item, two at the, and when I say item, I don't mean if you're doing fabric bundles, you only have one fabric bundle. I mean that if you're a fabric shop, you're only selling fabric. You're not also a book dealer and all these other things that you're really narrowed down into what you're offering. So your audience knows, oh, when I'm looking for X, I go to this person because they are the go-to person for this product. When I want, you know, let's just say a modern quilt that's beginner friendly, I go to this person. And that's funny because when I say that, I'm like, hmm, I don't know who the go-to person is for a beginner friendly modern quilt. So there you go. If you want to become the go-to person for that. So that's what I'm starting with, that you have an offer, you have a product that you're wanting to put out there. So how do we put that offer out there? And if you want to use other platforms besides social media, as yesterday, I thought, what if just what if, what if this never came back? What if it was gone forever? Then I started thinking, well, maybe I would jump on the TikTok bandwagon, which honestly I don't want to do. So um, search engines, there are search engines out there like Pinterest, YouTube, having a blog, which someone would search Google and it would come up on Google. If you haven't listened to episode eight, where I have Emmy of Emmy Genation, it's a whole episode on Pinterest and she has grown a super successful career with just Pinterest. And she's very adamant. She does have social media. She has Instagram, but she does not post on it consistently. And she's very adamant that like, she won't, that, that that's not her career. She's not a content creator that what she offers is something different. And so she posts on there when she wants to, and she got discovered by anthropology through Pinterest. They reached out to her and asked her to design products for them because she made boards on Pinterest. And this was before she was even hired by other people. Like she was creating mock-ups. And so she got found via Pinterest. And Pinterest, the thing that I like about Pinterest and YouTube and a blog, these search engines, is that over time, your content serves you better. So on Instagram, if you spend an hour creating a reel or a photo, I don't know, the perfect photo, it's up for, I don't know, maybe a couple of days. If it's a reel, a couple of weeks, and then it's gone. I mean, it's still there. It lives on your feed, but Instagram is really pushing and promoting this constant 
new, pushing out new things, new things, new things. That's a full-time job right there is just creating content. In fact, and I do plan to have a guest on the podcast who that's their job is they take that over for you. So if you want to focus on something else, you can hire out someone to run your social media and stay on brand and reach your audience and you don't have to think about it. And that's something I really am looking forward to doing sooner than later. So However, if you're putting this content out on a blog or Pinterest or YouTube where people are going to go and search forever, you know, well, let's never say forever because things are always changing. But if someone goes to Google now and searches for the best way to make cast square triangles, the blog that comes up is the blog with the best SEO. It's not the most recent. So someone could have written that 10 years ago and it's still coming up when people are searching in that search engine. And so if you can learn how to use SEO, how to make pins, how to make a YouTube video that has good search engine optimization, which is SEO, that will serve you forever. Again, I can't say forever, but it will serve you for a long time, a lot longer than something that you post on Facebook or Instagram, even with hashtags, even with alt text, all of that thing, all of those things, using a search engine is going to serve you better over a longer period of time. And so that is something to really consider. Also, we want to think about how to grow your email list. So I talked about that at the beginning, that right now my email list is the same size as my social media following and it performs better. It just does better. When I email out about something, I get more sales, more interaction. It's better. And so how can we grow that email list? And that actually deserves a whole podcast in and of itself. But ways to grow your email list that I can just share quickly here without going into a whole podcast episode on this. One is offering an opt-in for people that is attractive. So if you just say, join the email list to be the first to find out about sales or pattern releases, that is just not enough for someone to exchange their information. To have you show up in their inbox, they want something of value to them. So a discount code is a great one. In fact, on my website right now, if you go to my shop to buy a pattern, There's a pop-up that pops up and says, imagine that, a pop-up that pops up. But there's a pop-up and it says 20% off. And you can sign up and you give me your email address and you get a 20% off coupon code. And that has performed very, very well. And so that's not social media. That's on my website. Someone's in my shop. I know that they're interested in my patterns and so interested that they want 20% off. And that has grown my email list by a lot. Another way to grow an email list that's been very successful for me was to be a guest on someone else's blog. And when you write a blog post, and I I can do a better job of this myself, but when you write a blog post, especially if it's a tutorial, be sure to include a download, like a PDF download. And if people want that, they sign up you know, and you email that to them. So they're on your email list. And that's the only way they can get this PDF download is if they subscribe. And that for me, so I offered a free gingham quilt pattern 
I mean, that's grown my email list by over 10,000. And people often wonder, when do I offer a free pattern versus not free? And so for quilters, in my opinion, if it's a very, very simple pattern or if it's out there already and it's free and you've made your own twist to it or your own version of that, not copying, but making it your own in some way, if it's already available out there for free, then that might be a good time to offer that as a free pattern. Also, though, don't be afraid to charge for a pattern if you think, oh, this is really simple. I don't know if anyone will buy it. But if you want to charge for it, I'm not saying that if it's really simple, you should always give it away for free because some of my most simple patterns have been the most successful for me as far as sales go. But um, but ideas for for growing your email list would be to offer either a PDF download that summarizes your blog post, a cheat sheet, a tutorial, a pattern, and people can only get that if they opt into your email list. And then people are like, well, if I put it on my blog, I'm only collecting people who are already following me. However, if you are a guest on someone else's blog, that's really great. You'll get more new eyes. And if you have great SEO, then anyone who goes to Google or Pinterest and searches for that blog title or that blog post, they will find you. And so it's not always just going to be the people who are already following you. The idea is to put that out there in such a way that it's well-written and good SEO that many, many people can find it. And I have experienced that with YouTube. I have a hand quilting tutorial it's a video and it's been very successful for me. And when you put out a tutorial that, that you know is hot and trending and that you actually offer value and that you are experienced, then people are going to search for it and they're going to find you. And so just it, it actually really does pay off to learn about SEO. And if you go back and listen to episode 17, I have a guest, Coral and Co, and she is all about blogging. She's had a successful career with blogging, and she shares some excellent tips to learn how to do SEO, where to get started. So if you want to know more about that, go check out episode 17. Uh, but really just realizing that you are a business owner that you need to own your audience. And so when you have that email list, you can literally download and save in an Excel spreadsheet all of the email addresses of those people. I mean, there's this worst case scenario. Well, what if, what if, what if, what if your computer dies? What if your email gets hacked? So, I mean, there's all of the, and I've gone down that rabbit hole myself, and so there's backups. You can save it on the cloud. You can save it on a hard drive. But basically the point is you can own your email list. That's that information is yours. You do not own Instagram and Facebook. There's no way for you to download a file with all of those people's information. You have to go out and search for that and, and invite them to opt in and share their contact information with you. Just by being a follower on Instagram, it doesn't really guarantee anything. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to see your posts. It doesn't guarantee that you can contact them if, if it shuts down, uh, you know, if, if your account gets hacked. So just to have some backup in place to where you can actually have success and keep reaching out to your followers without, without having to rely on 
a platform that you don't own that isn't yours. Another uh, platform, so I've talked about how we can use Pinterest, YouTube, and podcasts is another great search engine where people come, if they're a podcast listener, they can come and search for different topics. You can reach out to be a guest on someone's podcast. And again, it's really great if you can offer an opt-in where if you're a guest on a podcast, say, if you want more about this information, visit my website or visit, give them a URL that they can click on where you can then gather those email addresses and you know that you can get more people from different audiences to find you who really like what you have and they can opt into this email list of yours. Just with the brief time that I've had my podcast, so this is episode 27, so it's still fairly young, a young podcast, but it's been really fun for me to do. It's been also very successful. It's really brought in some new eyes and listeners, and I have some people who've joined the Quilt Pattern Writing course who said, oh, I found out about it through the podcast. And so just finding different venues where you can reach more people and, and know that it's going to take time. The first couple weeks that my podcast went out, I was like, what? There's only a couple hundred, you know, people listening. And I would Google what's, what, what's the average for a successful podcast. And still I'm rather young. So it feels funny saying this, like, well, now I've arrived, but, um, but I remember feeling just kind of frustrated and deflated and, but telling myself logically, this is going to take some time. You cannot just put something out there and expect overnight success. I know better than that. And it does, it takes time. So whichever one of these routes you go, whether it's Pinterest or a blog or YouTube, any, any platform that you use that's a search engine, it does take time and it takes consistency. And so even if you can commit to once a month, just being consistent and holding yourself accountable. This is a job, you know, if this is your job, then this is your job and you need to show up and you need to take this seriously. Even if you don't want to, you just have to do it. Um, and as far as that goes, I don't know what else motivation I can give, except you just have to do it. And so you just have to set, set aside the time. And if you want to go to bed, you just don't, you know, you, so taking yourself seriously and treating this like the job that it is, uh, that consistency piece and showing up consistently is one thing that will set you apart from others that it's very, very easy at the beginning to be excited and to go all out and then to fizzle. And trust me, I've done it with other things, which I, anyhow, chatting with my husband, I, this, this career has stuck. Even the episode where I chat with my husband, uh, I don't, I think it's maybe episode two. Um, it, yeah, I was like, did you think that this was going to stick when I started this new career as a quilter? And cause I didn't know that it was going to stick. And so just finding, I guess also finding something that you're completely passionate about and that you love and enjoy, but, but if you can commit to being consistent, so whether, whether it's writing a blog post or, or pinning on Pinterest or putting out a YouTube tutorial, but if you can hold yourself accountable to that, it will pay off over time and it will see results. It really, really will. And I also, I did want to talk about ads, doing some paid ads, which is funny because the paid ads that I've done have been on Facebook and Facebook is the search engine. 
but you can do ads on Pinterest. You can do ads on YouTube. You can do ads anywhere on any of these platforms. They are happy to take your money, uh, but ads can be very successful to your growth. And so I am curious, like with Facebook yesterday, if it, when it shut down, if people were paying to run ads, if they still got charged, that's a side note. But, um, but ads can be very, very great at helping you grow your audience. And I mean, that again is a whole nother podcast episode topic, but making sure that your ads are something that are actually attractive to your audience that are things people are going to want. So my most, I've done multiple ads. The most successful ad has been my gingham pattern. That was free, my free gingham quilt pattern. Again, it's brought in over 10,000 people to my email list. Maybe I need to look. It's, it's a lot, maybe more than that. Um, but it was something that my audience wanted. They, and it had a beautiful photo a photo really matters. Um, and so targeting, if you really want to grow your email list, find an opt-in that's working well. That's another thing. I knew people really loved that opt-in. It had been doing well on its own. And so I knew if I put money behind that, it was going to perform even better. And so if you have an opt-in that's doing really well and people are really liking, then run with that. It's a lot harder if you're just thinking, maybe this will do well. I don't know. Let's give it a try. And people do that, but you can waste a lot of money doing that. So if you want to run ads, it is really nice if you already know that something is resonating with your audience, because then you can trust, well, if it's working and being successful with this smaller audience, I know that it will be successful with a larger audience. And then it's worth paying to get that in front of more eyes. And that is a really great way because the ultimate goal is to grow your email list. And then the, why, why have an email list if you aren't selling to them? So you want to be putting offers out and creating a relationship with your email followers because like the point of Instagram is the same thing. You want to have a friendship. You want to be showing up consistently, but if you can treat your email list how you would your social media accounts share little fun tidbits, share, you know, all the fun things. So people are looking forward to your emails. They, they care about them. They're reading them and they know that you sell. So you don't just want to show up as their buddy. Who's always, Oh, here's how are you? I'm good. And then, Oh, surprise. I have a sale. You want them to know that that's what you're doing. You are selling a product and they like your product and they like you, but you are selling. You are a business. Don't, don't hide that. You know, don't, you don't need to be afraid of that. That's what you're doing. And think about the businesses that you follow. You don't think like, Oh gosh, they're trying to sell this thing again. You'd be surprised if they weren't trying to sell it. You know, I think of different products. I beauty bio, here's a free little shout out to them. I love some of their products and I follow them. And when they have sales or if they have a new product or sometimes I just need to buy another whatever, it pops up in my feed. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go buy it. I never think, oh my gosh, they're posting about their product again. Mm -mm. No, of course they are because they're a business and they are sharing about their product. In fact, when sometimes when companies don't, I'm like, what, what are you doing? That's weird. Um, so yes, you have a product and you are sharing about it and you are selling that product and don't shy away from that. In fact, it's confusing if you do shy away from it. 
So we as business owners, I think we all had a little bit of a scare yesterday when social media shut down. And by scare, I mean, it was also a beautiful thing. We also were forced to just not be able to do that and to take some time off and to know that everyone was taking time off because it's one thing and it's great to take time off individually, but there is this sense of like, but everyone else is out there and I'm missing and I, you know, I should be, but to know that everyone was off, no one could post. We, it was an equal playing field. It just felt really nice. But as business owners, it also did make us stop and think for a second. Oh my goodness. How do I reach my people if, if this is taken away? And it's interesting because I did. I have a quilt along going on right now and I sent out an email and I posted about it on Instagram and then Instagram shut down. And every sale that happened, every response, I could see people were still getting that email. They were still being able to read about on my blog, on my website about the updates for the quilt along. I still have other ways of reaching people so that heaven forbid that's taken away heaven forbid, I don't know if that's a bit dramatic, but, um, heaven forbid it gets hacked. That would be scary. And, and my, my platform is taken away from just me, um, that I still have a way to reach the, the audience to reach my people. And that's the goal. We really want to be able to, we're here to serve our customers. We're here to be able to let them know of new products of things that can benefit them. And we want to be able to do that without relying on these platforms that, that really are pushing popularity. They're really pushing, put out consistent content all the time, every day, comment, like, engage. And that, that can really, really detract from us as a business owner doing the things that we are good at, which is our product, the thing that we're offering our people. And so just to go over again, using a search engine, which can look like Pinterest, YouTube, a blog, a podcast, learning some SEO basics so that people can find you easily when they're Googling the things that you're sharing. And along with SEO is knowing what people are searching. So doing a little bit of market research, people who are buying quilts, what kinds of quilts are they looking for? What kinds of blog tutorials are they looking for? Can I provide that information for them? And then just being consistent, you know, showing up, letting people know what you offer and bringing value to people. If you have an opt-in to grow your email list, is it something that your audience really wants? Can you offer value, whether it's a discount, know-how, a sample, building a community, um, providing value to your audience? So these are just a few of the ideas of how to rely on other things besides social media to grow your business. And again, if you want to listen to past podcast episodes that go more in depth, there's episode eight, where it's all about Pinterest, episode 17, all about SEO, which is a really good one with some great information. And then also episode 25, I have um, Shannon Brinkley, and she's so successful, and she has not focused a ton on her social media. She has focused completely on her email list and growing that through ads. And she has been, I mean, uber successful. And so that's a fun one to listen to as well. But I hope that this gives us all some encouragement. It gives us a little bit of like, okay, there are other things that we can do to grow our business and have success and not just rely on 
the social media content machine. Um, I mean, with that said, we, you still have to be consistent and show up regardless of which platform you use, but feeling like you need to always be there to comment and like, I mean, the beautiful thing about Pinterest is you pin it and it's there forever and you don't, you're not in charge of interacting with everyone who repins your post, you know, um, and same with a blog or, I mean, I guess there's comments that you can respond to or a YouTube video, but just that freedom that you uh, here, you have my permission. You don't have to have the most followers. You don't have to be focusing on your Instagram growth to have a profit that you can have a very successful business without being the most influential person on Instagram. In fact, you don't need to have a large audience at all, but there are things you have to do. You do have to be out there and be seen, but it doesn't have to look in just one particular way. So thank you for being here today with the Craft to Career podcast. I hope that this was helpful and motivational for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and leave a review, tap the five-star rating. I would love to hear how this podcast is helping you. And if you found this particular episode inspiring or motivational, take a screenshot and share it with your followers, share it with your friends, let them know about these ideas of how you can reach outside of just the regular social media platforms to have success with your business, that there is some freedom there. It's very liberating when you think about that. Thanks so much for being here. And I look forward to seeing you next week on the craft to career podcast. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.